Hey everyone and welcome to the very first official Jim and the King NFL podcast. I'm the Jim, sitting to my left is the King and we're here to talk about the NFL. How's it going King? I'm very well, how are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad, a little bit stressed because obviously this is our first official one. It is. Yeah, yeah. we've been practicing hard and you know, yeah, finally pushing, those, pushing those weights. But yeah, we're finally here, we've done our stretching. We have, we're and, uh Yeah. So we're hoping to uh, talk to you about NFL stuff, um, not about films or about food, but actually about American football. It's the sport that we love. Um, you probably have guessed it by now, but we're not American. We are English, British and European all at the same time. And as with most British fans, we had to find the sport and you know most people find it on late night TV. Probably because you've uh, woken up and it's on. And you've got to turn the TV off. But uh, I don't know about you, King, but for me it was one of those things where it was this really strange game that was happening on the TV. And I saw a player that really inspired me. And it, it made me keep watching. And uh, I don't know if it was the same thing for you, like how you got into it. I I just, I'd heard about it, obviously, and, and it had been alluded to. Um I was bought a pair of NFL pajamas as a young Ooh. kid, so I was aware of the sport from a very young age. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was just the, the structured nature to it to me that that really drew me, and the fact that everyone at every moment has a job and has a role to do on that field. Yep. Um, you know, playing soccer or or football as we call it over here, uh, it's totally different. You could you know you could be out of the game for for half of it. Um, so that was something that always intrigued me with the with the NFL was. The constant involvement, actually having a job, and and just how much information all these players have to digest, yeah, and understand. It's just it, it immediately I became sort of enamoured with the sport and and wanted to learn more. And uh, here we are, years later, <laughs> attempting a podcast. Yeah, we've got a couple of decades of watching the sport later, and uh, it's flown by. And the thing we love about NFL that I love especially is that the more you find out about it, the more you love it. The more things that you, you understand about how it works and all the intricacies of it, it just gets better and better for me. I, I reckon it's about a 9 out of 10 as a sport. Obviously, there is a couple of things that could be changed, maybe removing the Baltimore Ravens from <laughs> from the league. <laughs> so we better just put our analogies on the... Um, sorry, our allegiance is on the board. So I am a Pittsburgh Steeler fan and... Else? I'm a San Diego Chargers fan. Yeah. Yeah. Despite everything. Despite everything. <laughs> I'm sticking with Philly Rev for him. What about an LA Chargers fan? I'm a San Diego Chargers fan for the moment. See, I mean, I'm sticking I like, with that. I like ribbing him about this a little bit. And, uh, you know, hopefully you guys will too. Yeah. Um, Did you want to explain the, the King nickname, which... Well, I think you're just the King, man. I mean, you, you are so good at predicting games. It's almost scary. And coupling that with your knowledge of breakout college players... Uh, People to watch in the draft. Uh, you called the Bosa pick at number three in I did. this year's draft. I did. No one else did. No, I didn't hear Mike Mayock screaming for Bosa before the third pick was announced. No, no. But that kind of leads us into the into the first segment, doesn't <laughs> it? It does, yeah. Because of, obviously the preseason doesn't really count as proper football. Um, we thought we'd look back to the draft. Obviously, we weren't around then doing this. So we thought we'd pick out our winners and losers from the first round only, okay? First round only, not the overall draft grade that other people have done. We're just looking at that first round that we watched that that night mm-hmm. live. You know, it was difficult. It's a long, long old slog over here to watch the entire first round, but yeah. we managed it. 
and we've picked out our best the top three picks from that first round each and the worst three picks because obviously we have to put some predictions on the board so we can then be shown up months later when they're being selected for the uh, Pro Bowl. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. King, you're going to have to start because you're more important. So who were the top three picks that you saw in the first round? My top three picks? The 2016 NFL Draft. I'm going to say my top three picks that will be rookies as of this season. Mm-hmm. So my first is... <laughs> is that a dig at both? No, no. All right. No, not a dig yet. He's you know, Hopefully still signs. Um... <laughs> First one's got to be Laramie Tunsil for me. Yeah. He was the best player in the draft. What a crazy, crazy draft for Laramie Tunsil. Yeah. Predicted to go number three. Yeah, well, was predicted to go one until yeah. the Titans trade out. Yeah. Traded out the first uh, first pick and, and traded with the Rams. Um, Obviously, the Rams were going quarterback. Obviously, Philadelphia trading up were also going quarterback. So, mm-hmm. yeah, in, in theory, three to the Chargers would have been the most likely destination. Yeah. Um. You know, we, we touched on then Joey Bosa. They clearly had other ideas. They weren't going to take Tunsil if, well, e- e- even if he uh, hadn't had the gas mask. You don't think the incident. video was the reason then? No, I think they they wanted Bosa throughout the process. I just mm. think they'd kept that, you know, quite tight-lipped on that. Yeah. Um, but to, for the Dolphins to get him at 13, best player in the draft, 13th overall, um, I think he's learned his lesson, really. Allegedly, that video is old, so hopefully he's he's away from that sort of stuff now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that that dramatically improves their offensive line, can keep Brian Tannehill upright, which is which is hugely important for a guy who's still, you know, still has some question marks surrounding him. Yeah. Uh, so that was huge. That was my first pick. Do you agree with that pick? Oh, you've got to agree with someone who was predicted one and goes thirteen. Yeah, that was. And it's not the first time Miami have pulled this either. No. No, done reasonably well. I know you're alluding to Dan Marino here. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. And um, that, there was also some drugs controversy there as well, mm, wasn't there? So mm. maybe this is uh, maybe this is a theme with Miami Dolphins. <laughs> no one's mentioned it yet. Maybe no, because it's libelous, but uh... potentially not. But um, <laughs> that's that was my first one. That was the easiest. It's a strong one. pick, pick King. That was strong the, pick. Yeah, it's the easiest one to choose. The next one for me is Vernon Hargraves, who went eleventh just before Laramie Tunsil. First, second cornerback taken. Right? Uh, no, third cornerback taken. Third cornerback. He was. So if you uh, that is if you're including. Oh yeah. If you're including Eli Ramsey, Apple. Eli Apple went one before him. Yeah. yeah. So that was a bit of a shock because <laughs> everyone thought Hargraves was the second best corner. I certainly did. Yeah. Um, I think I'm slightly biased because he actually reminds me of Jason Verrett for the Chargers. Very similar stature, five foot ten. Um, Verrett slightly quicker. Both start with a B. <laughs> Um, decent college careers. I think, despite their size not being this this sort of productive, um, stereotypical corner size at the moment, uh, I think they both they're agile enough, they're quick enough, they're strong enough to actually compete. And actually, Verrett was a Pro Bowler this year um, by default. Granted, he replaced Darrell Rivas, but still, yeah. nevertheless, was playing at that higher level that deserved his nod I thought I keep talking about the Chargers already we're only seven minutes into this that, and you're already talking about the Chargers that's, that is a talk fa- about the Bucks that's, I mean they've picked up Vernon, Har- Vernon Hargreaves they right? have this is the other thing I was going to say so they've not only have they picked up Hargreaves mm-hmm. they also picked up Brent Grimes in free agency Ooh. so put those two opposite each other actually they've they've gone from not particularly having a fantastic back end of their defence to all of a sudden you've got a standout corner that everyone knows is has has been a pro bowler and is always a perennial top 100 cornerback 
Well, not last season. Not last know. season, but prior to that, has, has done really well. If We're doing you... Andrew Luck and just ignore last season. Yeah, let's just do I that. Grimes. But um, no, I think Grimes is proven though, isn't he? You can't really argue with that. And um, and Hargraves again is is going to come in. He's a young, talented player that can can play opposite him. I can't argue with you. No, they're both small in stature. That's the only thing that I would say to, together. But as we touched on, you know, um, Grimes is a is a known commodity, and and Hargraves I think's got all the tools to to succeed in the league. And if you're good enough, you're tall enough. You're good enough, you're tall enough. That's generally my view, coming yeah. from a short man. Yeah, we're, we're not giants. No, no. And uh, Nor are we hobbits. Indeed. <laughs> my, um, my third pick Go on in. was the third overall pick. Was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> you're going for it. Dante Fowler that... from last year. <laughs> I cheated a little bit. That's why I made it clear I was picking Wait a minute. the rookies of this year. Oh, I thought you were doubling down on no, Joey. I'm cheating. Dante Fowler's coming in as a rookie this season, was injured in the first practice last year. Yeah. Was the third pick last year from the Jackson, Jacksonville was. Jaguars. Yeah. Um, not a great deal of pass rushers in this year's draft, and that's mainly why I picked him, because he is fantastic. All the reports coming out of camp at the moment is they've actually had to sl- tell him to slow down because he's destroying... He's making up that year off, isn't he's, he? Yeah, he's destroying their offensive line. So I think he is is huge. And to pair him with to pair him with Ramsey as well, two rookies coming in, as well as Miles Jack, if he can stay fit. Mm. Um, I think as as the draft went, as the whole team, I certainly think the Jags, Jags had the strongest performance out of everyone, I think. Yeah, but we're not talking about the whole draft, though, are we? No, I'm just saying, but if you combine those three players, yeah, that's what I think. All right, well, those are your three winners, then. They're my three winners. Three winning picks from the first round. Yeah, Tunsil, Hargraves, and Fowler from last year. Fowl- yeah, okay. <laughs> so I've actually picked three from this year's draft, King. So if I'm the king, I can do what I want. Oh, you can do what you want, yeah. yeah. I'm just a lower subject. That's it. So the first pick, as we've alluded to, was Jalen Ramsey for me. Oh, lovely. Come on. I mean, you know, he was the best cornerback in the draft, mm-hmm. possibly the best player in the draft yeah. as well. I mean, it was argued that fact. And for me, he completes that defensive jigsaw now for the the Jags. They've been suffering for a while now. They've managed to get their offense firing, but it was always the defense that was letting him down. So they had shootouts like against Tennessee last year. Mm-hmm. It just went back and forth, back and forth, and no one was stopping anything. No. So... I just want to talk now for... Well, there's, there's first of all, some competition now at the cornerback spot. Yeah. So you've got De, uh, Devon House and Aaron Colvin mm-hmm. already there. So Jalen joins that group. And now just looking at that defence, you've got Jonathan Cyprian, Malik Jackson they picked up yep. on uh, free agency, Senderic Marks, Miles Jack, Dante Fowler, Telvin Smith. I mean, this this whole unit is jacked now. Yeah, Telvin Smith's a standout for me. Yeah. And the fact they've they've stuck in Chris Ivory as well as another free agent to help out. He's also going to keep the defense off the field. Yeah, you know, the more you run the ball, so that's um yeah, huge. That's a, a fantastic point. I mean, we've been lucky, not lucky enough to see the Jags over the last few years come over to Wembley. We we go to see all the games, obviously. And last year was the first time that they won, and so this this year now is going to be the first time we're going to expect them to win a game when we go to watch them. Yeah. Um, when they face off against the Colts. Mm-hmm. So we're really looking forward to that. And they have progressed each year. They've got better. Yeah. It's been exciting to watch actually their development because we don't get to see them on a week by week basis. So yeah. in the course of a year, you just see these dramatic improvements. And you, you kind of naturally assume that bad teams are going to stay bad. You don't look at the Browns or the Lions, but you know, Jags hope, which is fingers crossed, you know, that they actually do move up in that AFC South. 
Do you think they're a playoff team? I think they're going to have to be this okay. year because if they don't, then Gus Bradley's probably out. Yeah. I okay. mean, Sadiq Khan's been really patient with him, but I think you know, eventually you're going to have to cut bait on this guy. Yeah. If he doesn't deliver. Because that, that list there on its own, without talking about the mm-hmm. Allens or you know um, Julius Thomas and everyone else, Blake Bortles, I think you know that's enough to, to get you some wins in the AFC South, mm-hmm. at least to be competitive and to be challenging for the playoff spot. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm really mm-hmm. looking forward to seeing the Jags this season. They've definitely strengthened where they need to strengthen. Yeah. Ramsey's great pick. Yeah. What's your next so one? So the second one is also defensive. It's DeForest Buckner. Lovely. He's uh, finally putting something solid into the, uh, into the pass rush of the 49ers that was <laughs> non-existent last year. Um, 49ers got a pretty good uh, defensive backs, so the secondary is okay. But you know, apart from Navarro Bowman, wasn't an awful lot there. I mean, you're looking at a front seven with Quinton Dial, Eric Armstead, and Aaron Lynch. Um, it hardly strikes fear into the opponent, does it? So, DeForest Buckner is going to walk straight into that on, on the defensive end and uh, hopefully make it a bit more interesting. Yeah, they'll, they'll put him opposite Eric Armstead. You touched on there, and they both were college teammates at Oregon as well which is which is a big point yeah so it should be a pretty easy fit in there and mm-hmm. there was a definite need covered there for the 49ers because yeah that that defense was holier than Swiss cheese last year it was another interesting point I thought actually about Buckner was that the we touched on the Oregon connection with Eric Armstead the defensive line coach is actually his old defensive line coach from Oregon mm. so not only does he have his original head coach in Chip Kelly he also, or the guy who recruited Wait. him out of uh, college, yeah. uh, high school, sorry, into yeah. college, he also has the same defensive line coach. The plot so thickens. The transition for him should be relatively easy yeah. Yeah. Um, from that perspective. So I think actually as, as rookie defensive ends go, he could be a standout. Hang right out on the, the West bat. Coast as well is pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, so, it's a nice yeah. place for him to be. There's worse places to end well, up. Yeah, especially from Oregon. Yeah. Um, my last one was Will Fuller for the Texans. Mm-hmm. Um you, you look at that wide receiver group now. You've got DeAndre Hopkins, Jalen Strong, and Cecil Shorts already there. Mm-hmm. You add in Will Fuller as a first-round talent. They also doubled down and got Braxton Miller in the third round. Yep. I mentioned him, but, you know, add to that Lamar Miller they brought in a free agency to cover off uh, the loss of Foster. Mm-hmm. You've still got Alfred Blue, da-ba-dee-da-ba-da. Um, <laughs> they've put everything around Brock Osweiler to have a good chance. Yeah. So if it doesn't work... Then the uh, Brock experiment has failed spectacularly. Yeah. Um, but I just I like the move. Uh, they went with DeAndre Hopkins as their first round pick uh, two years ago, um, and they've done it again. Mm-hmm. So they're really looking at that offense. And you know, with the loss of Andre Johnson a couple of years ago, they've been looking to really have a name there. Yeah, and I... it, it takes a bit of pressure off DeAndre as well. It does. So yeah, it does. It adds balance as well because Hopkins, although he's no slouch, um, you know, isn't. He's he's just got a fantastic catching radius. For me, he's just he's an all round player. Whereas Will Fuller ran a four three two forty at the combine, like yeah. that is rapid. Mm-hmm. So from that perspective, you've got one guy who can sort of take the top off the defense, and then you've got Hopkins who just has got hands made of glue. So it's yeah, add, <laughs> Mr. Add, Tickle arms abs- as well. Absolutely, yeah. So you add that, to, and then you bring in someone like Braxton Miller, who you know I know you didn't want to touch on too much, but is is a bit of an X factor really. He's playing quarterback in college up until 12 months ago mm-hmm. is now coming in played one season at wide receiver and looked like a bit of a cheat code playing against other college <laughs> college defenders so he'll be it, that'll be a bit of a project i think that'd be quite intriguing but he could be their version of 
I think that's Bill O'Brien looking for his Julian Edelman, a mm. uh, smaller, quicker sort of possession type receiver, which I think you know he can get yards after catch. So I think that's that's what he's expecting from that. But Fuller is, like you said, it adds balance. It that that receiving course fantastic, yeah. and they are trying their hardest to put Osweiler in a position Give to be all successful. All the pieces he needs, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I really like Jalen Strong last year. I thought he was quite unsung. I mean, he had a couple yeah. of really good games, and Cecil Shorts. We've seen him for the Jags, and mm-hmm. he's a very solid receiver. He's he is, a very, yeah. you know, a third option receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've got um, they've got some across the middle. They got some uh, some weapons now. The Texans to go with their defense. So that's yeah. that's another one that's impressive. You know, we we touched on we touched on the Jags earlier, picking up a defensive player to really, you know, they have one side of the ball, their offense working. Yeah, you know, it's the opposite for the Texans. Really, their defense is, has been, you know, top half of the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, and certainly kept them in games they probably didn't deserve to be in based on their offensive performances. Yeah, but hopefully with the addition of Fuller and all the other acquisitions in free agency, they can uh, they can step up. They've given themselves every chance to do it. That's what I liked about that pick and the Jalen Ramsey pick. You know, they were both kind of doubling down and, and really focusing on one side of the ball. Yeah, DeForest Buckner was a no brainer because it was a massive hole for mm. for a team. Well, so. they they could have gone anywhere with that pick. Yeah, yeah, they could have picked loads you know, of positions. The, but the Texans have got you know Texans and Jags had the luxury of having you know at least one phase of the ball sorted or at least sorted enough. Don't draft hungry. Whereas yeah, the Niners. I, I'm glad the Niners went with Buckner because I think he. I thought at the time he was the best player available, mm-hmm. and they've yeah. got so many holes. They could. That's literally the only way they could have gone. Well, so we've had some uh, some fun times there with with good players. Now we're gonna stick our neck out and uh, and predict three bad picks uh, from the first round of the 2016 draft. So if uh, if you don't mind, King, I'll go first. No, of course. So I'm, I'm on a roll. Yeah, you are. No, continue. <laughs> this is interesting. So my first pick was apart from the jaw dropper that was uh, Joey Bosa. This was this was for me the most boneheaded move, which was Jack Conklin. Uh, the te- the Titans moving up in the draft to pick this guy that could well, I don't know if we'd have gone second round to be honest, um, there was absolutely no need to pick him. There are ten other O linemen on the current roster. That's not including Coughlin. Um, You know, it's just too big a grab for that guy, mm-hmm. and I, I, that's why it's got to be for me one of the stupid moves of the first round. You had Laramie Tunsil and Taylor Decker available yep. on that O line. And you've gone for Jack Conklin. I mean, I don't know whose cousin he is, you know, which executive in the office uh, has had dinner with his dad or whatever, but something's gone on there. And if I was a Titans fan, you know, yeah, it was a, it was I would a, not be too happy about that. It was a strange move for me. I think that was a bit of a reach. Like you said, Tunsil was still available. Um, you know, and actually they could have sat there and, and seen what was happening with the Tunsil situation and maybe evaluated it for, a, you know, clearly not a very long time but mm. you know they could have evaluated it for for at least enough time for them to make a decision the interesting thing you mentioned Taylor Decker there he was actually picked up 16th by the Lions yeah. so they could have sat exactly where they were and yeah. picked up someone of equal if not better standard um, and not lost uh, well they swapped first round picks but they lost a third round in this year and a second round in next year's draft yeah. to move up from 15 to 8 and that's bearing in mind they just picked up a haul I know they had a load of spare draft picks from from the original trade but actually you don't just give them away though yeah you don't you don't need to give them away for a player like Jack Conklin not for a guard no well they play right tackle I think opposite Taylor Lewan but I think that's why they went Conklin rather than Decker I think Decker you know can still play left tackle whereas I think they're 
you know, they invested a top 10 pick in, in Taylor Lewan not so long ago to play left tackle. Mm. I'm not sold on him, personally, but <laughs> they, um, I think they just wanted to shore up the other side of the, uh, you know, have two bookends that are going to be there for the next 10 years. But mm-hmm. again, we said don't draft on, you know, draft best player available or <laughs> if you've got a, gen- a glaring weakness. But Honestly, when those That's two are reach. still on the board and you've taken Jack Conklin, yeah. you've given up other picks for it as well. That's it. Absolute craziness. Um, the second one, bit of a stretch, but you know I'll do it because I'm a Steeler fan. Uh, was Will Jackson the third? So you know didn't go for the first two. No. Um, he went to the Bengals. Okay. And you know, as much as you know they need to future plan for Pac-Man, um, either being retiring or being suspended for the entire season. Uh, I think that it wasn't the biggest need for the Bengals, so I'm not too mad because they needed a wide receiver. They've lost Mohamed Sanu and Marvin Jones this offseason, so AJ Green looks pretty lonely at the moment. You've only got Tyler Eifert as another option there uh, to catch the ball. Um, go check out the Bengals uh, wide receiver roster if you don't believe me. Um, <laughs> so I just think they they needed someone else to be on the other side of the field um, from AJ, and I, I can understand why they went for Will Jackson, because there was a run on the top four prospects. Uh, Coleman had already gone, and then we saw you know, Fuller and Treadwell. Um, they, they went really quickly, all just before Cincinnati. So they just fell back to the next best player available on their list, I'm guessing. Uh, but I think for that reason, they should have moved up. They shouldn't have taken the risk when they desperately, I feel, needed another wide receiver. They should have moved up a few spots just to get ahead of that group because the, th- the three wide receivers went just before them. Yeah. One, two, three, and then Cincinnati sat there. Yeah, I, 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 I do and I don't agree with you on, on, on this one. <laughs> I think It's a bit of a stretch, but you know. It is. I think there's some frustration there because you wanted the Steelers to pick Jackson. Well, we've got Artie Burns, so I'm not too bothered Artie either Burns. way. They're, they're kind of one and the same, hopefully. But I thought Jackson's a strong player. He had five interceptions as a senior. Um, he actually stayed till a senior, which I think mm-hmm. means he's mm-hmm. probably a little bit more seasoned than a lot of these uh, uh, underclassmen that are coming out. Um, the five interceptions to me suggest he's got some natural ball skills, which is impressive. That or he keeps getting thrown to, um, yeah. which means the other corner was, was more feared or more revered in, in college. Mm. Um they did pick up Taj Boyd, the Bengals, in the second round, which I think was a, for them, you know, like you said, I'm not mad that they picked Jackson because I actually thought he was a strong player. Um, I don't think it was their biggest, weak, uh, sort of the most glaring weakness on their on their roster. But, you know, if if they had evaluated the difference between the likes of uh, Josh Doxon, Josh Doxon yeah. compared to a Taj Boyd in the second round, maybe that's... That, that's the route they went down. Should but have forced them, really. I agree that it probably wasn't the most glaring weakness, um, but I'm not. I'm not too mad at, at the pick. I'm not. <laughs> he's not Hargreaves to me, or he's not in the same class as Ramsey. But oh. he's he's up there with Apple, and uh, yeah. and Apple went tenth overall. So I don't think. I'm sure. We'll, I'm sure we'll get to Apple soon enough, King. By the sounds yeah. of it. Yeah. So I've got one more to go then, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm gonna have to say it. Do it, Jared Goff. <laughs> first overall pick why yeah I'm going there why is I'm that I'm going there do you know what um, I think that the Rams went into that draft hungry they needed a quarterback you're not going to sell season tickets in LA with Case Keenum as your, your starting quarterback 
So they had to go for a quarter. They had to go for quarterback. They moved up to number one, so they had the pick of all of them. You're then looking at Goff or Wentz. I'm not saying that Wentz is great either. I've got no idea. All I can feel in my gut is that Jared Goff wasn't the, the, the number one quarterback. And I think that the Rams have fallen into that kind of Jadavion Clowney pit that the Texans fell into, where they found themselves number one and they just picked the best player they thought was available. You know, he, you know, he's kind of the standout from their scouts. And uh, they went for it. And the Texans have had to kind of pigeonhole Clowney in um, along the, the very small line they've got there. And uh, I think it's going to be one that I, th- I, I predict it's going to be a crash and burn for, for Jared Goff, really, in LA. I think the pressure is going to be a load for him. Um, we'll wait to see if he learns any of the playbook. Jeff Fisher's not a quarterback coach. And, you know, it's going to be unforgiving for him. And so for that reason, I just felt like it was, you know, a, a bit of a dodgy pick, really. I yeah. Think if, if they could have the pick of anyone and they had no pressure, I'm not sure they'd have picked Jared Goff. But they created that pressure. They didn't like they they did, trading yeah. out. They, they completely dug their own grave with that one. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree with the splash. I think they just they needed to sell, put bums on seats in a new te- in a new city. Yeah, but when you're six games into the new season and they've only won one game or something, and, and Goss been benched, yeah, he's going to still going to be a complete waste of uh, waste of time. They're, they're, they're alluding to the fact that he he's not the guaranteed start of week one. I'm yeah. sorry if if you look at the list of all the quarterbacks that've been taken in the top three picks in in the last ten years, all of them have been week one starters. Yeah. Um. So Goff. I'm sure is going to have to play, um, you know, and they and they've not had success with the first overall pick in recent years taking a quarterback. You know, their their first overall pick at quarterback, more most recently, is is now on the Philadelphia Eagles, in theory, on the depth chart above the guy who went second overall. So it's, yeah, it's quite interesting. I I'm I'm not sold on on Goff when it comes to his physicality. I think he looks quite frail. Um, you know, he's a tough guy. Clearly, plays a lot of games, and he kept getting hit when he was playing in in Cal, but. Um, I'm not knocking that uh, his commitment. I just think that his body won't hold up. Um, and no one's saying that he's you know a guaranteed franchise quarterback. No, there's been no comparisons to great players, have there? No. So I put I I tried thinking about it in a slightly different way, in a sense that I would stack him up against Winston, Mariota, mm-hmm. uh, Goff, and Wentz. And actually, I had Goff last out of those four. <laughs> um. Which you know, Ow. which says something. But the thing that scared me the most, and this might be completely trivial and also not really mean anything, but immediately after the draft, I don't know if you saw this, they got Goff and Wentz to play Madden with their with themselves playing on the game, and Goff ran three read option plays, and Wentz was shouting at him, "There's a blitz! There's a blitz!" Well, he told him what he was Check doing. Out. Check right. out. No, no. He, he oh, was playing against the computer. Okay, right. And so Goff, uh, Wentz was already picking up blitz schemes on Madden, and Wentz just kept running read option and, and losing yardage. Wait, you mean Goff? Goff, sorry. I've yeah. gone the wrong way around. But anyway, <laughs> I just was impressed, actually, with, with Wentz's ability to read a defense, although it's on Madden, so yeah, it's can't on really, can't really did, read too he much. He took a this. monster hit in uh, this week. He did. He's a uh, broken rib, Broken rib, he? he has, yeah. But, um, but Goff, to me, that was worrying, so I'm kind of there going... You're meant to be the the guy who's got you know your biggest yeah. attribute is meant to be your ability to you know, well your mental capacity. So from that perspective, I was a little bit worried. I know it's Madden. Yeah. I I know it's silly. Yeah. 
but it's things like that when you don't feel like it's the cameras are watching or yeah. it's a bit you know you feel like it's a bit of fun actually well maybe he did just think it was a bit of a laugh and he'd just go for it on every possibly, play possibly but that worried me well I'm worried as well which is why I picked it King so. good choice I would not have picked that myself because you're going to look like an idiot <laughs> if he does really well but hey I'll put it out there okay I'll put it out there it's a prediction yep fine if he plays well then best of luck to him but you know just what I can see from an impartial observer. No, I'm not. Dis- I'm not disputing. Now I have. I have Thanks. my own questions about that player. So come on, then, King. This is what everyone wants to know. What are the three bad picks? Three bad picks for you. Okay, so I'm going to start off with my biggest shock was Joshua Garnett being picked 28th overall by the mm-hmm. 49ers. Yeah, yeah. Who traded back up to get him? Yeah. He wasn't a first round pick. He was never going to be picked <laughs> in the first round. They had to give a second round pick, a fourth, and a sixth to trade back into the first round. Yeah. For a player who. For an offensive guard. Yeah. For a player who I don't necessarily think w- was good enough. And also, I don't think fits Chip Kelly's system. He's known as someone who is strong. Yeah, he's a, clearly a solid player, but he's not known as being an athlete. And actually. The way Chip Kelly's run his offences, certainly in recent years, has been predicated on how quickly can we get to the line of scrimmage and yeah. how quickly can we get plays off. And yeah. I don't necessarily think Garnett fits within that mould. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I, you know, I don't, because I'm in England, I don't have the luxury to, uh, to watch every college game, but I watch as many as I can. And you know, I do do my research prior to the draft, as, as you alluded to at he the does. beginning of the podcast. But I just I don't necessarily see him as that guy. I see him as a, a pro style, let's run it. Um, you know, I formation, he can pull out and you know, yeah, he can get to the second level, but I don't see him as someone who's gonna consistently be able to, you know, get up and down the field and be productive. Yeah. That's my worry for him. I hope he proves me wrong because I don't like seeing players flop, but that was a bit of a shock to me, certainly within that system. You can't get excited about a guard, so I'm gonna completely agree with you on this one. You you can if they're if they're like Zach Martin and they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna immediately make your, your offensive line the best in the league, but not not when you're well, tra- traded not when you're you're trading far. yeah, you you trade traded what is three assets really in, in a second, a fourth and a sixth. And it's pick. not as if you haven't got other needs you need to fill in. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think necessarily that guard was it was the most glaring one again. No. Um, so yeah, that was a bit of a shock to me. Um, okay, that's sec- number one. Second one we touched on was Eli Apple. Eli Apple, who I still think was a first rounder. Don't get me wrong, but from a value perspective, I thought tenth was a bit rich for my liking. Yeah, and uh, you know I I would put him in 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 the sort of Jackson the third category when it comes to corners, which is that second tier behind or third tier really behind. The likes of a clear-cut favourite in Ramsey. Mm-hmm. I would then put Hargreaves oh, just below that. And then Apple and uh, Burns and Jackson the third in that next sort of category. So still yeah. first-round talents. Still get... solid cornerbacks. But yeah. did the Giants really need another cornerback right now? Is that the biggest need they had? No. No, it's not. For me, they needed a linebacker. Yeah. But it's... With ten fingers. With ten fingers, yeah. Yeah. But... um. Yeah, they they their their linebacking core has been ridiculous, but maybe they didn't see someone they wanted. So I'm not going to just. It's still tenth. They shouldn't have picked Eli Apple at tenth. <laughs> and um, my question around Eli Apple is, he had a lot of issues 
uh, at Ohio State with penalties. Mm-hmm. Um, some were, some weren't called, and I just, I just think if he, he's having problems at that level, is that going to be certainly? You know, he might get used to it, and I, I don't doubt he's going to be a solid player. What I doubt is in the first couple of seasons, while he's becoming accustomed to the speed and physicality of the league, and certainly the wide receivers. How many penalties is he going to give up? Is mm. he going to cost your team games because you just can't get your defense off the field? Because yeah. he's giving them five, ten yards here and there, which you know you can't afford to do when it comes to the NFL. I remember pre-draft, I was um, obviously looking into who the Steelers were going to pick first because mm-hmm. we're interested in that. And Artie Burns did come up on ESPN or somewhere as one of the kind of top things. By the time we got down to the Steelers, you know. Uh, who was going to be available, and they thought you know it could have been Eli Apple, and they did kind of compare him to Ike Taylor in that he was a solid enough cornerback, but a bit of a flag machine. Yeah, um, yeah, that's my question. So they had to kind of train it out of him. That's my question mark with him. Um, you know, I think he can be solid, but he he's you know he's not in the right league when it comes to playing against receivers. He's in the top ten. No, he's not, and he's also got to deal with the likes of Des Bryant. Uh, Doxon, who was picked late in the draft, and Deshaun Jackson, yeah. Pierre Garçon, they've got mm-hmm. a number of really solid wide receivers in that division, which um, you know he might struggle, certainly in those games, and to make the playoffs, sadly, you've got to win those games. <laughs> so um, that, was, that, was my, that was my strange one. I, it wasn't as big a shock as Garnett in the first round, yeah. even though Apple went 10th, but I think it was just a little bit rich. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have spent a tenth, my 10th tenth overall pick on him, no. personally. Okay, so that was one and two. So what we're going to do for number three? My number three, you're going to love this. It's it's more of a loser than the worst pick. Right. The biggest loser, or who lost the most in this draft, I think is Rex Ryan. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. I I told you it was the first round only. Yeah, Rex Ryan. Shaq Lawson is injured. I must also include in the second round. Reggie Raglan. Yeah. Injured. Yeah, but you can't know someone's going to get injured. I can. <laughs> I knew that before it happened. I didn't. Oh. I didn't. I'm cheating again, Jim. Come I'm sorry. On. I'm cheating <laughs> twice in two segments. Just Yeah, just because you're the king, you make up these rules as you go along. I know. I just think that Rex Ryan's the biggest loser because I think he could <laughs> ultimately end up losing his job. Right, okay. Thoughts. Let's talk about that. All right. Do you, you want to talk about the Bills now, do you? Yeah, pretty much. Because this is secretly your favourite team. Basically, I'll, I'll tell you a secret. I couldn't yeah. think of a third one. <laughs> I, I stuck my neck out with Goff, and you're giving me Rex Ryan? Yeah, I wasn't. I, I, I believed in Wentz more than... <laughs> and that was the only one I could really see that I was... I, I think, oh, I think no. it's just a really solid draft by a lot of teams. There's not a huge... Yeah, but what's wrong with Shaq Lawson? Apart from his injury, if he's fit... Oh, no, it's wrong with him. Good pick. They needed him. But I right. think uh, Rex Reggie Ryan... Reggie Ragland, he's a good player as well. Very good. Very good. They need him. Do you know what the problem is? Neither will be playing next year, which is why Rex Ryan is the loser. Is, that for, is it a whole season injury, though? Um, I haven't checked up on these reports. I think Raglan is, is out for the whole season. Mm. And I think that Shaq Lawson is out for four to six months. So almost the whole season, unless they make the playoffs. Mm. Which, based on their first two picks in this year's draft, not being available might be a bit of a difficult. Yeah, I mean, Rex didn't have a great first season. In Buffalo, no, and that's I think that's why, that's why for me it was f- frustrating because actually I think Rex Ryan's a character. I don't necessarily agree with everything he says, but you know, typically he can he makes 
solid defences. He's got some teams that probably didn't deserve to be in championship games into championship games. Not not to the not to the full dance, but he's got got the Jets to the championship game two years in a row with Mark Sanchez as quarterback. So that's that's saying something. But yeah. I you know, I I just feel like they've got a really solid squad actually, the Bills, when everyone's healthy. Um but this I think could be the last draw for Rex Ryan. I think if he doesn't perform, like you said, he had a inconsistent performances from his team last season, and if he does it again this year, I think he could be on the chopping block. Hmm. Like, do you think he's uh, more likely than other candidates? Yeah, I think he's one of the most at the moment. He'd be one of my favourites to lose his job. I don't. I don't think they're going to get rid of him during the season, though. I think he would lose his job at the end of the season. But I think he's on a shorter leash than a lot of other coaches within the league. It was a bit of a weird one because they had a really good defence two years ago and then he comes in and he's known for his defence and they lost all of the sacks that they got that they were known for and being a really tough defence. They kind of all kind of fell away, didn't it, last year? Yeah, it did. There's some, you know, a couple of their players didn't perform to the level they had previously. Um, Which was an absolute mess in Wembley last year as well. Yeah, it was. It was. But they just, it didn't look like the scheme was, was completely sorted. It looked like, you know, it was a bit mishmash no one really knew what they were doing you know from my from you, my perspective again I might be totally wrong but that's that was my opinion on them well I'm going to have to play devil's advocate now aren't I because mm-hmm. obviously you're bashing the Bills before they've even uh, thrown a ball in anger yep. how about Cardell Jones then he looked alright I know we can't really judge the preseason, but yep. they've been they have, they've, I know they've just given Tyrod a new contract which still puts him below Fitzpatrick in terms of money earned yeah that's basically but, a one-year deal, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's just you know giving them a little bit of an incentive. So they've never really backed Tyrod. No. At the same time, they're clinging on to EJ Manuel because they picked him up in the first round a couple of years ago, and they can't really admit that it was a bust. Uh-huh. And they've just picked up Cardell Jones, who actually looked all right. So yeah. far. What, what do you reckon? He's, he's, do you know what? He's oddly similar to Tyrod Taylor in a sense. He's, yeah. he's not a known commodity he is um he played a very limited time at Ohio State he did really well won the national title with them um came in late in that season and played to Mm -hmm. win the national title he then won the starting job at the start of the next season in college and then was beaten out for the starting job within about five games um and that was the sample size you basically had about 10 games to see him in college before he declared for the draft which is why initially why, why he was picked so low um, so you've got that really small sample size. You've now got what is one preseason game in the NFL. Yeah. He's, um, yeah, he could be. He's one of those ones who could be absolutely fantastic in a couple of years' time. But he also could just disappear into obscurity because they've not got the investment they've got with EJ Manuel. So they've not they've not spent a first round pick on this guy. So actually, if he doesn't pan out, they'll just he'll be gone. And that won't be an issue, but I think yeah, that that manual money is still going out the door, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And the Taylor thing's interesting as well because Taylor, yeah, he deserved a pay rise, but I, I think the money he got was was the money he should have got. I don't necessarily yeah, he had a great year last year. I think he even made a play, uh, made the Pro Bowl, but he um he, this one season as a starter, he's been a backup since he came into the league. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he was a project behind Joe Flacco. He's now. He's now a starter for the Bills, played reasonably well, which is great, but I wouldn't invest a long-term Brock Osweiler-type 
contract on him well no. I wouldn't even spend that on Brock Osweiler either so I think that there's too much money going to these young quarterbacks who are inexperienced um, and haven't yet proven that they can they can sustain sustain that level of performance for a, for a number of years so actually I think that the Bills did a good you know made the right choice locking him up at least for one year keeping him happy but yeah not not chucking a load of guaranteed money and a long-term deal towards him so I think they've done a good job from that perspective. Cardell Jones still a question mark. Tyrod Taylor still a question mark. It's not a, it's not a bad offense, is it? Really, I mean, you've got the Sean McCoy and you've got Carlos Williams as your running backs. Mm-hmm. You've got um, Charles Clay as your tight ends. You've got Sammy, Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins is a beast, yeah. And, and Chris Gregg's one of those guys, a bit like a Gary Barnes type, isn't he? Where mm-hmm. no one knows him, but he's he he does actually get some catches. Robert Woods is unsung really as a, a second or second string. Kind of wide receiver. Yeah. Um, they got yeah they've got they're a really not bad. They're not bad offense. Really balanced, really balanced offense, which is good to see because um, you know McCoy can break them. Williams, mm. Williams is suspended, which is difficult. Um, but he was scoring touchdowns every week. Yeah, he, he was. Like... He was. Yeah. So he's um, he came in overweight originally and blamed it on his his wife's being pregnant, I believe, or girlfriend being pregnant. Yeah. And then got done for performance enhancing drugs. So he's he's <laughs> out for. At least four games, I think, and yeah. then. Um, but you know, it's, the Sean McCoy can carry the load for that that amount of time. You'd hope. And Reggie Bush has been brought in as their kick returner. Yeah, so he's also there as an extra running option. back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think he was a good pickup as well for them. And and from what I saw when he was on Hard Knocks with the Dolphins, actually, sort of an unsung leader. I think he's he mm. he could really help within that within that locker room. Um, and the the biggest thing there is is you've got one of what I think is the top 10 wide receivers in the league in Sammy Watkins, or certainly yeah. on the cusp of that. So if he can get a quarterback who plays fairly consistently, you know, he, he um, I think he was the only wide receiver to, or he led the league in average yards per catch mm-hmm. last season. So he's, you know, he's just a, he's a dynamic player. Torched Darrell Reeves as well. Oh my God, he looks amazing. Yeah. So he's, um, yeah, they've got a young nucleus as well. And they got some really, really good players. They so, just... uh, Rex for playoffs and um, a contract extension. Yeah, I think if they do <laughs> wait, that... Wait a minute, you just said he was afraid to get fired. If they do that, then yes. <laughs> right, okay. If they do that, then yes. I just but worry they, that's with to... their current squad. That's without Ragland and that's without Shaq Lawson. So... Yeah, but you talked about the pass rush being missing last season. Mm. Ragland was meant to stop the run. He's he's a banger and middle linebacker. Well, they've got Marcel Darius, haven't they? And Mario yeah. Williams. Yeah, they've got some... Carl Williams will be back from his injury. Yeah, and they um, and they got Jerry Hughes as well, which yeah. he's a really good player. But um, it's not all doing I think they needed. Sure. Uh, I think they needed to have Chat Lawson in there. I right. think they lost Mario Williams. You think he's lost? I think he's lost somewhere. I don't in know the where, snow. but I th- I don't <laughs> think Mario Williams stayed with them, which is thinks why they picked up Lawson. But um, well, I don't. I'm not a supporter. Yeah, Williams of is the... at the Dolphins, so Chat oh, Lawson's yes, replaced. Well, I don't support the Bills like you do, so. I didn't keep up on Mario Williams and his uh, his contact lens uh, whereabouts. Yeah, so Mario Williams is gone, which is why I think Shaq Lawson was a big pickup for them and right. why he is needed. Because you needed him opposite Jerry Hughes. Just the way it goes sometimes. Isn't it it's is. a Dante Fowler thing last year. Yeah. You, you pick up this guy that's going to rejuvenate your, your defence and mm-hmm. they go down with an injury before the first uh, preseason game. Yeah, but there wasn't the same expectations that a Rex Ryan-led Bills team has compared to a Jags team. Yeah, but I mean, Gus Bradley's known as a defensive 
coordinator, isn't he? He is, but he was also given a number of years to get get them back on track. I think Rex Ryan was brought in to take this team to the next level. And sadly, last season, that wasn't the case. You'd think he would have got out of the AFC East if he was going to try and make a go of it after all those seasons. Yeah, he just likes grudges, doesn't he? I suppose. Yeah, he does, and he tends to perform well actually against the team that, that typically owns that division. So it's um. Well, he wilted against the bloody Patriots in the first game, didn't he? Was yeah. it Week four last season. Oh, jeez. Mm, not good. Oh. Not good. But that's, that's... Anything else you want to say then about about the Bills? Because <laughs> no, you've, you've talked almost as much as you did about the Chargers. So that's it. No, just just that. This I um, yeah, I think that the person who lost in that draft was Rex Ryan because those two players. I think they'll come back and be really good, both of those players. But <laughs> immediately, he might not get a chance to actually coach either of them. Okay, so we're going to have a break and then we're back for part two. Welcome back to part two of the first ever Jim and the King NFL podcast. So in the first part, we went through the first round draft picks, our top three winners and losers. And... To round out this first show, we thought we'd look again into the future, and the King's good at this, I'm not so good, but we're going to pick out the offensive and defensive rookies of the year for 2017. Yeah. Is that right, King? It is. Am I I right with the maths? You are. Excellent. Okay. So let's go defensive rookie of the year first, shall we? Yeah, let's start there. And again, the King picks first, so who are you going for, King? Who am I going for? It's a tough one. Yep. But I'm going to go with Darren Lee. Darren Lee. Darren Lee. For the New York Football Jets. New York Football Jets. Linebacker. Yep. Out of Ohio State. Play inside or outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like their front, their defensive line is amazing. Yep. They've got Darrell Revis at the back end, so he's going to lock up a good, the opposing wide receiver. So I've just got a feeling that Lee is going to come up and make some plays. And he's going to have a ton of tackles, enough sacks to to warrant notice from either inside or outside linebacker, depending on where they decide to put him. Mm -hmm. And it's going to have a rookie season similar to a sort of CJ Mosley from a few years ago that I think won him Defensive Rookie of the Year. That is a good shout there. Yeah. He's in some good company in that Jets uh, front seven. I think that's, that's the main thing there is they've just got such good players around him on that defense that actually I feel like... As a rookie, he can make a big impact because, you know, he's not, he's going to have freedom wherever people have commanded double teams mm-hmm. to actually find some gaps and, and, you know, make some tackles for a loss, blow up some plays in the run game, but also sack the quarterback a few times. And he is rapid. Yeah. So he reminds me quite a lot of Telvin Smith, who had a really, really good season no, last he's year. He's good. Is it possible, though, King, that mm-hmm. because he's in such good company, he kind of falls into the unit? And he doesn't stand out enough to be warranting defensive rookie of the year. I think I think it would be tough for any player to stand out, but I think a lot of that stuff's done on statistics. And I, I don't necessarily think he has to come in there and be a leader or be a world beater. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I think because they've got so many good players, it's going to free up some space for him. Okay. Um, and if you watch, ever got a chance to watch him at Ohio State, he was just flying around the field and just he'd just come out of nowhere in these shots and just either make a tackle or sack the quarterback and stuff so it was for me I think he's going to have an opportunity to play a very similar style mm-hmm. in the pros which I think a lot of linebackers have to change what they're doing and 
Whereas I think he's just going to be unleashed, which I think is going to help him when it comes to making that transition. And I think he's going to light it up from tackles, and that always helps. And I think he's going to have a few sacks as well, which CJ Mosley did, which is why my comparison with him is probably Telvin Smith, but I think that he is going to have a CJ Mosley-style rookie season. Ouch. So if he does, then I think he'll win. Okay. The defensive rookie. Yeah. I, well, that's, that's your pick. Absolutely. I have no doubt that you are going to disagree with me, though. Who is your choice? <laughs> well, I've got to pick someone else, King, because otherwise this is going to be a really short segment. Mm-hmm. So my pick for the defensive rookie of the year will be a Mr. Robert Kondici. Interesting. For the Arizona Cardinals. Interesting. He was second on my list. <laughs> so. This boy is a wrecking ball. He is um, he's gonna, he's stepping into a playoff team. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be more than 16 games for him to show off. Yep. Uh, and, you know, when you're talking about walking into a good team and a team that can deal with people with wayward personalities. Well, they did well with Tyron Matthews. They did. They? So he's walking into that, that, that set up there with Bruce Arians. We watched the All or Nothing mm-hmm. on Amazon. Um was really insightful and I think that he's just going to fit in so well there they love ball rushing in Arizona so yeah. I just can't wait to see them all together and him and Calais Campbell him and Calais Campbell yeah just absolutely destroying O-lines mm. and I think that's going to get noticed he's so big he's he so so big and, and he's so athletic he is he played running back in high school do you know that yeah, it's crazy he was yeah. the most and he was the most touted he was the number one ranked high school player Coming out yeah. um, when he was went into the uh, when he went to college, the 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 thing that for me was why he was my second choice as well, which is why I think it's a fantastic pick from you. Is I sort of Thank touched you. on it with Darren Lee, is that one he's got help, so he might might not have to command double teams. Yeah. But two, those defensive backs at the Cardinals are going to lock up wide receivers for yeah. probably too long, which is going to give him a chance to actually rush the quarterback. Yep. So yeah, good choice. He's going to Aaron Donald his way right through the middle. Yeah. And Fletcher Cox it. Yeah, so I'm Cox looking, more than I'm looking forward to seeing him. Yeah, uh, no, it'd be good. Good choice. Yeah, so um, because I think we'll leave you with the final word on the offensive rookie of the year. Okay. I was just nipping quickly with my choice for offensive rookie. Yeah. And despite the fact that I said that Will Fuller was uh, one of my top three picks mm-hmm. uh, for this first round, I'm actually going to go for Josh Doxson. Josh Doxson, okay. Josh Doxson. <laughs> As more of a wild card, um, also it'd be quite funny because the Texans did move above the Redskins to to pick him to pick Will Fuller. Um, so Doxon went to uh, Washington. Mm-hmm. The Washington, change your names, please. And <laughs> I think that you look at that offense, you look at that wide receiver group. They needed that that one more player in there. You know, they've got Pierre Garcon and Deshaun Jackson. But if Doxon lives up to the the possibilities that he's got, Kirk Cousins. Is a you know an all right quarterback. He's an eight and eight quarterback, mm-hmm. but you've also got people like Jordan Reed taking pressure off. Mm-hmm. He's going to have one on one coverage. He's going to get. He's going to have busted coverage, and I just think that you know he's going to put some you know, storybook plays on there. Yeah, he's he's going to have some great plays, and he's going to be the one that we're talking about at the end of the season as that kind of Odell Beckham style one that just came through, got a, got double digit touchdowns. Yeah, he's, he's, he's going to be a red zone threat, isn't he? He's, he's... It's a weak division as yeah. well for defences. We were talking about the Giants yeah. and the Eli Apple. Mm. And that, you know, if that's the best the Giants have got in a corner. Yeah. 
then he's not going to have the best corner on him either. No. So, yeah, I just think it's... Um, he's got better possibilities there of, of having a good first season. I think that maybe Will Fuller will be the, the better long-term option. Mm-hmm. Um, but Josh Doxson's for rookie offensive player of the year, I'm going for him. I think it's a good choice. I think he's going to get a load of touchdowns in the red zone, or at least a load of touches in the red zone. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he's he's playing with a gunslinger quarterback. He's he's essentially a basketball player, isn't he? That plays, yeah. that, that's playing wide receiver, so he's going to be a nightmare matchup down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, good choice again. Thanks very good much, choice. King. But I feel yeah. you're probably going to beat me to this one. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. Go on then. Okay, so my choice for offensive rookie of the year is going to be Ezekiel Elliott. One, because <laughs> he's going to get thrown straight in. Two, because he's yeah. playing behind the best offensive line in the league. Yeah. That can make Darren McFadden look good. Mr. Glass. Mr. Glass. And I just think he's a special player. So it's the combination. Those three things put together, to me, I think, is offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, and he was kind of... Apparently he's the favourite as well. <laughs> so also. I didn't look at the betting websites. Damn it, why didn't I do that? I didn't look at the betting websites. I just, <laughs> I just read that he was the favourite. But no, I, I feel like he's... He's just he's a special player. I think he also uh, has got good hands as well. So not only will he impact be an impact in the run game, I think on screens and you know quick slants and actually they can they can line him up in in the slot and just he could cause havoc against linebackers. So I think from that perspective, he's just going to be a difference maker, and that is why I think he is going to win. <laughs> I've got to try and throw some cold water on this. Okay, so. How, how okay? Where is he going to come overall for running backs this season? I, I that I don't know. Top I, five, top ten, top ten, maybe top five. Better than Melvin Gordon. Better than Melvin Gordon. Be- what, really? <laughs> better than Melvin Gordon. Not golden as boy. good as Todd Gurley. Not as good as Gurley. This season, I think he'll have a Todd Gurley like rookie season. I I think he'll rush for maybe. 1,200 yards and catch for maybe three 400. Mm-hmm. Um, How many touchdowns do you reckon? I'm going to say eight Ooh. touchdowns. I'd have said more. That, but... that smells like r- rookie of the year. But yeah. That smells rookie of the year to me. If they use him as much as you think they're going to use him, if they use him like uh, Murray a couple of years ago, then... Yeah, Murray didn't get the ball loads on the goal line, though. So no. a lot of Murray's touchdowns were him breaking away. So mm-hmm. I think that... The Cowboys' offense is sort of predicated on throwing it to Des Bryant or Jason Witten in the end zone. So I think when when you get down to the red zone, because I think that's what they feel like is the safest option. But I think Elliott's going to get some some touches, and I think he's going to do what Demarco Murray was doing, where if those if that offensive line can get to the second level and start creating blocks there as well, he is going to hit the house and uh, and score some touchdowns and long ones as well which I think always helps when it comes to the, the rookie deer voting because if you've got some highlight plays to to show I think that helps so yeah that's my choice Ezekiel Elliott it's a great choice thanks it's, it is the clear favourite thank you let's just hope they all stay for, um, stay injury free yeah fingers crossed yeah yeah because one thing we can't stand is injuries don't like them do not like them well I think we've said it all King at yeah. least for our first ever podcast yeah I think that went okay yeah we're not going to keep going because otherwise you know you won't want to hear us again so we're going to be back next week 
And in the meantime, if you want to get at us, you can contact us on Twitter or Instagram at Jim and the King. Uh, you can find us on YouTube. You, we can check out our website at jimandtheking.com. So until next week, I've been Jim. That's been the King. And thanks so much for listening. <laughs>